Amen. We love Jesus this morning. God's going to help us. The book of Acts chapter 16. Go there in the word of God. Hallelujah. I don't know where you were, but I remember where I was when I had first heard Pastor Campbell say those powerful words. Jesus brought us the gospel, but Pentecost brought us the power. Me and my wife, we become sermon junkies. We listen to sermons all day long. Amen. COVID made us a little bit holier. And we're listening. And I remember when he said those words, I just kind of turn around. I'm like, he got something. And I begin to realize that it's more than just information. It's more than just principle. Jesus did not die on the cross for principle. He died on the cross for people. And so I'll begin to be challenged by God that, you know what, hey, we need to bring, we need to bring it when we go and do the work of an evangelist. Acts chapter 16, this morning, amen, I'm nervous, amen, I ain't slept in two months, hallelujah. Uh, but God is good. We're going to look at a very familiar portion of scripture, and it, it shocked me at how Similar it is to what's going on today, and we're going to look at it. We're going to look at Paul and Silas for a moment as we are thinking about Pentecost giving us the power. But if you'll indulge me for just a few seconds, I want to sing this song together with you, God is Great. Amen. And so if we could just put our hands uh, together and sing this song. God is great. Come on. And greatly to be praised. Uh, glory, glory. To his, my God is great, is great, and greatly to be praised. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Come on. I will bow, yeah, I will bow before his majesty. Come on, sing it. And I will lift my voice, and my God is great. Bless God. Yeah. Bless the Lord. Oh, my. Come on, church. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. He is great. He's truly great. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're going to help us this morning by the grace of God. Give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 16. Amen. The Bible says, beginning in verse 16, hallelujah, we're going to look at this. It said, one day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, that, that's a good place to start. We met a slave girl who had the spirit of divination or had the ability to tell the future. And she earned a lot of money by her business owners, her masters, um, by telling and selling fortunes. Amen. See, people that are steeped in uh, immorality, people that are steeped in pornography find it very fortunate when they come across a slave girl. So you see the relevance. Uh, it, it gets worse. So she followed Paul and the rest of us. In other words, she followed the church shouting and mocking. These men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell us how to be saved. She's not promoting them. She's mocking them. Listen to me, brother. Pornography mocks the church. 
It mocks marriage. It mocks with its adultery. It mocks with its immorality. This is what's going on. It happened 2,000 years ago, and it happened last night. This went on day after day after day. Daniel 7.25, I will wear out. And the Bible says Paul got so upset and annoyed that he turned and he said to the spirit, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Instantly it left her. The master's hopes of wealth were now shattered so they grabbed Paul and Silas, dragged them before the authorities, amen, just like Kenosha. At the marketplace, the entire city was in an uproar because of these Jews. It's always about race. They're teaching them customs um, that are illegal for us Romans to practice. See, they didn't know Paul was a Roman, but I'll get to that later. No judge, no jury. Uh, Verse 22 says, a mob quickly formed against them. The city officials are in on it, stripped them, and beat them with rods. They were severely beaten and thrown into prison. And the jailer was made sure that they would not escape, put them in the inner dungeon, and clamped their feet in the stocks. You can't go to church. Six feet distance now. That violates fellowship. I can go to Walmart, I can go to the bar, but I can't go to church. Our feet are in the stocks. Verse 25, around midnight, the darkest hour, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see that the prisoner doors were wide open. Assuming they had escaped, drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul stopped and said, we are still here. And he said in verse 30, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe in the Lord Jesus, you and your household. They shared the word of the Lord with them. All who lived in his house, even at the hour of the night, the jailer cared for them, washing their wounds. He and all his household were immediately baptized. I had a conversation with Pastor Marvin Wells not too long ago. He said, Mark, hey, how, how many new converts come into your church, and when you get visitors come in, they get saved, how long do we need to wait before we pray for them to get filled with the Holy Ghost? How come we can't pray for them right then and there? Why, what's with this week and a half What they got to get used? They don't get used to nothing. Get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Get them on fire now. The Bible says immediately. They were immediately baptized, brought them into his house, set a meal before him. He and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. I'm going to get to verse 35 uh, through 40 in just a few moments here. But this story is very encouraging, no doubt. But it is also very relevant because this, what, what I just read, is happening right now. Because we are surrounded, if you will, by slaves. We are surrounded by slave girls, if you will promoting uh, their immorality, selling their fortunes. Uh, This is why pornography is a curse uh, of our generation. Amen. This racism, this this transsexual and all this uh, confusion and all these kind of things uh, is going on. It was going on back then. That's why she followed the church, uh, mocking the church. This is what they do, taking our covenant. Amen. I can't even have a rainbow no more. And all 
all of this was designed to mock the things of God. This is what she did. Christianity and how now it's being promoted that it's a link to white supremacy. I don't think I'm white. Christianity should be stopped. It should be questioned. It's antiquated and, and it opposes progressive thought. You know, the, the same garbage we hear today, they were hearing in Paul's day. This is how relevant this is. But I love what Paul and Silas did because he was annoyed at all this. And, and he didn't just go home and complain about it. Um, he didn't go home and talk about it at fellowship. Um, he turned uh, and he spoke to the spirit and he said, come out of there. He began to contend for the supernatural. Uh, listen to me, Christian. Uh, if you want God to move in your family, if you want God to move in your sphere of influence, uh, you better contend for the supernatural. We need to be laying hands on the sick. Uh, we need to be casting out devils uh, because Pentecost gave us the power. Come on, somebody. Beloved, you need to understand the devil operates by permission. He's active in your life. He's active in your bed. He's active in your church because you asked him to. resist him like James told us. Psalm 121, that's where our help comes from. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. It don't come from a stimulus package. Talk to me, somebody. And we know what happened when Paul did this. Uh, hey, man, social media was in an uproar. He should have never posted what he posted about that girl on Twitter. They were making money off this nonsense. Isn't that our world today? They were making money off of this girl. Got involved, got them in all kinds of legal jargon. Next thing you know, they're locked up in prison. Jesus warned us about this in Matthew 24, verse 9. He said, and they will deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you will be hated of all nations by my name's sake. Look at what's going on in the world. Why in the world are we surprised? Paul and Silas find themselves in jail, locked up, limited, restricted, there's limitations placed upon the church because of this pandemic. If you, if you don't think coronavirus is synthetic, you, you, you need to go to sleep or something. Something's wrong with you. You feel locked up this morning? Aren't you frustrated? I tell you, I know what it feels like to be locked up. I know what it feels like to be restricted. February 28, 2007, my 26-year-old baby sister died the hands of a drunk driver. I know what it's like to be helpless. Ten years to the day, February 28, 2017, the night before we were supposed to go to Noeda, India, as an impact team and revival, I'm sitting at a Denny's, me and my wife, uh, across the table from my daughter who just announced to us that she's a lesbian. Don't tell me about what it's like to be locked up. Don't tell me what it's like uh, to be limited. Amen. In the stocks, in the inner dungeon, uh, frustrated because we can't do this uh, and we can't do that. Oh, but I love Paul and Silas. Uh, they didn't whine about it. Uh, they didn't complain about it. They didn't pay attention to the tears. Uh, they were too busy focusing on the wheat. The Bible says they begin to sing 
they begin to worship God. Some of the letters, perhaps, uh, that Paul had written, he began to he knew by heart. Maybe he began to recite them. Uh, you know, listen to me, Christian. I know things can be difficult, and I know we can be frustrated. I know there's some churches out there. Amen. Uh, you can't have. You know, some of us we have liberties, and some of us don't. Uh, I understand the frustration, but beloved, now is not the time to complain and whine like the world. Uh, now is not the time to get all emotional like the world. Uh, now is not the time to get distracted uh, uh, like the world. Amen. Uh, because we've got all these restrictions. Uh, we just need to switch it up a little bit. We just need to change our strategy. We can't go to church inside the building? No problem. Open up the parking lot. We'll just have visitors uh, from the grocery store. We don't care. We'll believe God. We'll cast out demons in the parking lot. Hallelujah. Oh, we can't do that? No problem. Uh, you meant Twitter, and you meant YouTube, and you meant Facebook for evil. Well, we're going to preach on it. How about that? Amen. Don't blame me. You're the one that invented it. We're just going to use it. Said so they begin to worship God. They begin to focus on God. And the Bible says in verse 25 of our text, uh, around midnight, Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns, uh, and the other prisoners were listening. Listen to me well. Prisoners will listen to a church that worships. They won't listen to a church that'll complain. They won't listen to a church that acts just like them. Amen. We're supposed to be different. Hallelujah. They come to us for the answer. We can't be coming, man, I'm depressed too. Prisoners will listen to a church that worships, and when we focus on God, when we focus on him, and we don't worry about what's going on, he's got all this wrapped up, beloved. Jesus got all this figured out. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I knew that when it all went down to China. That's why we went to China way back in 06, 07, 08, 09. God already knew COVID was coming. And so he said, hey, guess what? We may have to pull all of our missionaries out, but they're going to leave. They're going to leave Chinese pastors behind. I'm going to give them just enough time to do that. He already knew what was going on. He's already in control. So I can't be worried about that. I just need to worship God. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues after a song necessarily. I'm not talking about worshiping and singing my favorite song. The word worship means worthyship. Is my life worthy of God's honor? Can I focus on him? Can I be with him? Because a church that worships causes all the prisoners to listen and pay attention. And when you start worshiping, the Bible says that when they started worshiping, God caused an earthquake. This is why my sermon is called Shake Up the World. It said it was so violent, it shook the foundations of the prison. See, that's the God that we serve. Amen. I wish I had a couple of friends this morning. Hallelujah. Help me preach this thing this morning. The Lord will shake things up, friend. Uh, he'll shake up your philosophy. He'll shake up your culture. Uh, he'll shake up your money. He'll shake up your family. I'm praying. I'm in the prayer room. I said, God, shake it all down. Shake everything down. Hallelujah. Have all of them running crazy. Have all of them going crazy. Turn things around. Transgender people getting saved. Homosexual getting saved, homeless people getting saved, Black Lives Matter getting saved, save all, shake this thing to the ground, hallelujah, because that's the God we serve, that's the God we serve, and God is known to do this, especially when his people focus on him, Mark 12, 41 through 44, Jesus sat down at the collection box in the temple, watching crowds coming in, dropping in the money, and then all of a sudden a little widow came in. And she dropped in two mites. See, everything was cool till somebody came in worshiping. That's when the church went crazy. Jesus stopped the whole church. Hey, disciples, come over here and look. She gave more than all these clowns. 
He, he shut the whole church down because somebody worshiped. He'll shut your city down, Pastor. Amen. Pastor Campbell didn't launch us out to pastor a church. He launched us to pastor the city. We're supposed to take the city. And if we worship God, if we focus on him, God will shut that thing down. He'll shake its core. He'll shake it up. Hallelujah. I'm talking about from police escorts to the mayor saying, what are we going to do now? God can do it, friend. We were out street preaching one time, and police came. I said, oh, here we go. Police showed up. He said, hey, can y'all pray for me? Hey, I got the video to prove it. What I love about this story here is not only did Paul and Silas' shackles become loose, all of them. He said everybody free. Oh, isn't that our cry? Is that God would set everybody free. Because we're already taken care of. But when God starts loosening shackles off of prisoners, it's on, man. It's on. Give me all, hey, give me that thing. I, oh, pastor, they got tattoos on their neck. Give me 12 of them. Oh, pastor, they got baby mamas. Give me, give them all to me because they get saved uh, and we'll turn them into preachers. Uh, we'll turn them into missionaries. We'll turn, give it to me. Sh shake it all up uh, and set all the prisoners free. Jesus will set the world free when the church begins to focus on him. Because God longs to come down and shake things up. He long, we try anything. Let, hey, let's try it. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, I don't, well, we never been in that neighborhood. Good. Let's go early. Let's go. Why not? Why not? Hey, now, I know you're full-time, but you can still go on outreach with, with everybody, Pastor. Hey, man, I know you got 8,000 people in your church, but you can still show up in, on Saturday. Come on, somebody. Because we lose that, we lost it. This church was built on discipleship, and it was built on outreach. We lose that, we in trouble. God is known to shake things up. An offering shook up the prophets of Baal by Elijah. The woman with the issue of blood, amen, she moved everybody out of the way, shook everything up. The raising of Lazarus, man, did that start some stuff. Cornelius filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. The reason why the Gentiles were engrafted in the first place from Acts chapter 10 on, and here we are, because God shook the world. can't be focused on all this nonsense, amen. You know, and I, I know some people made some comments about Black Lives Matter. You know, you know why my Black Lives Matter? No, no, I'm, I, you, know, you know why? Because my mama told me. My mama told me my life mattered. That's good. I don't need a T-shirt. I mean, I'm, I'm good. Because listen. If I have to wear a T-shirt to tell you that my life matters, chances are I don't believe it either. I don't need no T-shirt. I got the word. He said I'm the head and not the tail. He said every thought that he has towards me is of peace and not of evil to give me a future and a hope. Get out of my face with that nonsense. People are going to hell and I'm fighting over where I'm black or white like I chose to be. But come on. Child, please, we got to go do something for Jesus. Let's go focus on what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. And you know, we crazy. I'm in Pasadena. It's, it's predominantly Hispanic. You got all these Hispanics in the church and a black pastor. Don't tell me that God is, uh, he can do anything. 
close with this thought. This is very encouraging to me. The Bible says that they, in the stocks, worshiping God, God shows up. Don't you love it when God shows up? Oh, man. God shows up, shakes the prison. Here comes a Philippian jailer. He getting ready to cut his head off. Because that's custom. Hey, you let prisoners escape. That's life for life now. Paul had to stop him. Hey, 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 we're all here. Not even the, even the prisoners that weren't saved, they didn't go. They'd rather hear the word of God than escape prison. This is how anointed Paul is. This is how anointed you are, pastor. This is how anointed and gifted your church is. You have the ability to witness to people that would rather run away, that would rather cut themselves, that would rather run to the bar, but they would rather listen to you if you would speak it. So then they had to backtrack. Well, well, you know, um, uh, uh, we we sorry for what we did to y'all, and uh, um, y'all y'all uh, uh, y'all y'all can leave. You read it. The magistrates uh, let let those men go. Verse thirty five, thirty six. So the keeper of the prison reported uh, these words to Paul, saying, "You know, the magistrates uh, have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart in peace. We 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 don't want no trouble." You know, and uh, Paul, Paul must be from our fellowship because Paul, Paul, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. You did, you, oh, so you're just going to try to sweep this under the rug. No, y'all beat me two days ago. And I tell you something else. I am a Roman citizen. And that's when things really got quiet. Like, oh, man. We knew we violated our law to put him in jail, but we really violated our law. See, you don't have to worry about all this and all, all these legal wranglings. Uh, God will work this out uh, on our behalf. They're trying to hush him out. He's like, no, no, you make them come down. Now, this is, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, he said, you, you make them come down here and tell me that they're sorry. Amen, read it. You make them tell me. And the Bible says the officers uh, told these words to the magistrates. They were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Uh, then... Verse 39, they came, pleaded with them, and brought them out, and then asked them to depart. Verse 40, so they went out of the prison, entered into the, we ain't going nowhere, we're going to fellowship first. Went to the house of Lydia, and when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them, and we're going to a fellowship, then we're going to have revival, and when we feel like it, then we're going to leave. This, this is what happened. This is what happened. And what encourages me is when we stand for God, God's unseen hand will move. Uh, the thing, Listen, because all of this uh, is just some type of political uh, uh, strategy against the church. Uh, and if you read the text, God took the very same politics uh, that was meant for their demise uh, and turned it into their favor. And if God can do that here, he can do it now. He can do it now. We're sorry we shut the church down. We're so sorry. We, we, we got it wrong. What, what, what can you do for Can you imagine that, amen, your mayor or whoever's wicked over there, you know, and they come and tell, oh, we're, we're, we're sorry, brother. We're sorry, sister. Is there anything you can do for Yeah, yeah, pay off our building. Hey, you receive not because you ask not. Oh, we'll do anything for you. Anything? We want a police escort every time we go on outreach. I know I'm just throwing out ideas, 
But what if it, what if it happened? That'd be a hot conference, wouldn't it? We want the mayor to come to church and answer the altar call. I think that would pay for it. Could you? What if you? What if your mayor got saved? What if people? What if people in the council got saved? Huh? That would be incredible. But can we focus on God? Can we worship God? Can we cause the prisoners to hear the word of God? Or are we just going to sit back and complain about how bad it is? Hebrews thirteen six. So we say with this confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. What can mere man do to me? You know, over the past few weeks, man, we go out, we street preach. The last time we went street preach, here comes, here comes another police officer, and he comes out the car, he come out the car laughing. And I'm like, why is he laughing? You know, because you get nervous, amen. I still get nervous, amen. And he's like, you know, I know what you're doing. All they have to do is read the signs. We know it. <laughs> and he's laughing the whole time. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. You know, just, just to stay out of the street. And I, I'm like, well, officer, we've been here an hour. We're about to wrap up anyway. He's like, well, you know, just take care of yourself. I don't know why they brought me out here. But, you know, just uh, I, I know what you're doing. Just, just, just keep doing what you're doing. He's cracking up. He thinks it's a joke that people are getting mad that we would preach the gospel. That's the kind of favor that we would have. But see, church, if you would street preach, then you would have this testimony. If you would remember outreach, remember that? Come on, somebody. Remember, amen, when's the last time you got on fire? When's the last, remember, when we were sinners, we were crazy. Chug, 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 chug. Then we get saved, you know. Well, you know, I don't know about that. If we can be crazy for the world, then we can be crazy for God. God can do anything. And he will get behind a church that will worship him. He will get behind a church that spends more time caring about souls than caring about what we can't have. You know, we need to be like the ten lepers this morning. The Bible says as they walked away, they were cleansed and healed. You know, we need to learn how to walk with less than what we want. Can we learn how to walk with less than what we want? So that God can bring the healing and the cleansing that's necessary because we have a mandate, church. He gave us a promise, didn't he, in Second Chronicles. If my people call by my name, humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways. What did he say? He said, I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land because our land is sick. It is sick with fire. It is sick with racism. It is sick with sexual confusion. But if God's people would lift their voice, if God's people would just grab a flyer, if God's people would tell a testimony, he said, I'll listen. I'll bring healing. I'll restore the land. I'll forgive the sin. And I pray, and I pray that you echo this with me throughout the conference. And even when you go home, God, shake this world to the ground. God, shake this thing up, God. Stir up the devil. Lock him in the basement. Let us have the revival that you have commanded us to have. God, we're going to go forward. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 30 says, A lion is a beast among many and will not turn away. Lord, shake the world up. 
me and my wife, we talk about this often. I say, you know what? When God drops that bomb on the church, when he drops the bomb on the city, I'm telling you, when people come into the church, visitors, God is moving in, in Pasadena. Man, I'm telling you, hallelujah, he blessed us with a building earlier this year, and we're trying to use every square foot of that building. Come on, somebody. But when God drops this down, I don't want to be on the outside with my hands in my pocket whining and complaining, man, I sure wish things was the way they was before this all happened. I don't. I know that sounds crazy. I don't. I'm actually glad it happened. Because because the real Christians showed up. And the fake Christians showed out. Come on, somebody. I thank God for it. I'm just keeping it real. Amen. It woke folks up. Amen. Because Jesus told us in Acts chapter 1 that we need to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and all regions beyond. You know, Peter preaches a couple of sermons, gets him a mega church, and everything is cool. And Jesus is like, um, that's not why I came and died. Y'all need to, oh, all right, all right, okay. You want to keep your little church right there? Okay, uh, Rome, go, go and persecute them. Huh? And spread them all over the place. And then they started witnessing everywhere they go. And Jesus up in heaven said, well, it's about time. That, that's what I wanted you to do in the first place. Philip, get over to Samaria. Get over here. You know, that's, that's what I want to save the world. I don't want to just be in a little nest. Don't put me in a little box. And when God drops that bomb, when God comes and floods, I want to be right in the middle of it. Amen? There's some people in here, you've been saved 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You need to be right in the middle of it. Straight up Caleb, the same God I have. The, what, what did Caleb say? The same strength I had 40 years ago, I got right now. Give me the mountain. I'm talking, I'm talking about the old. How many How many been saved since the 70s and 80s and 90s? Come on. Come on. Come on. We need to be right in the middle of the revival. We need to be right in the middle of the outreach. We need to be right in the middle of it. I don't want to be on this outside sipping lattes, talking about how I was cool when I was single and, and how I used to preach all the time when I was a young convert. No, 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 no. no. I know I'm old and, and getting old and all that, but I want to be right in the middle. Hallelujah. I want to be right down in the thick of it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because God is coming. He's shaking up the world, and I want to be a part of what God is doing. God, deliver us. You got a 90-year-old man. God, rest his soul. Get off a plane from Africa and preach the following Sunday. How in the world his schedule thicker than an evangelist schedule? That brother preached till he couldn't preach no more. Not no more or anymore. No more. Incredible. And I'm like, God, if I could, if, if I could have that. We need to sing to the whole world here. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to tell people about Jesus now. And God shook that prison. And God set the captives free. The Philippian jailer, his whole house saved it. I can just imagine the Philippian jailer. He's like, look, we getting saved. No, 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 no. No, girl, get the kids. We getting saved tonight. We getting baptized right now. If you would have seen what I saw, man, the chain, I, he's got a testimony all the rest of his days. And it's just two brothers just trying to do something for God. Just imagine if our churches would go out and continue to keep, keep pushing and pressing and outreaching. There's jailers out there, friend. There's prisoners out there. They are listening. 
and God will shake the foundation. Can you say amen? That's all I have this morning.